Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We don't show prep, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. No, yeah. I, just, I just barely make something. it in. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you can tell. But we don't show. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, let's put the cards down on the table here. The Hurricanes, yeah, you know the name already, it's Merced, ha ha, it's a 6-Rick Kane show, can't forget the name though, got jazz, blue, fishy, DJ, break the game code, ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up, real port alive from the Hall Rock Stadium, ball 14 for the orange or green, you see the 6 rig champs, it's more than a dream, this is life on the field, beyond a hundred yards of hurricane that's never still put a damage to the squad, the 6 rig Kane show, the 6 rig Kane show, the 6 rings Kane show, you know, Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane Sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go Canes. And we are back again. Again, this is, yeah. This is it's FSU rivalry. It's FSU, exactly. Exactly. Heavy hitters only, and I told you, we told you we were gonna go, we were gonna go big this week, man. We um I'm I'm tired, but we're less than 48 hours away from uh from the. I mean, we at, at this time, two days from now. From the game, yeah. One way or another, the game's gonna be over. So one way or another, you know, well, things will change. This at this time, you know, at this time on Saturday, our guest who's coming on now is either gonna be excited to be on a post game or he's just going to be like, let's get this over with. I want to go home and I want to go to sleep. So we're hoping that he's excited to be on, on the post game. And we're, we're hoping that he's going to be um, happy to take that drive over to uh, QAM studios. And of course I'm giving it away, but let's, let's throw, let's throw it to a heavy, again, heavy hitters only this week on, on the six rings game show, baby. Let's go. There he is. 
There he is, locked on Kane Zone, Mister Mister Alex Donald. What's going on, man? Good to have you back on the show. It's great to see both of you guys, Jazz Vish. Uh, you, you know, I love you, and I, I love this platform, and I'm I'm part of the Five Reasons Sports family as well with the extra yard. So I'm I'm happy to be here, and I hope I'm happy after the game on Saturday because uh, I don't think I've ever been as upset in a post game. Well, okay, not including last year. Last year, let's just forget about that. But this year, you know, it wasn't Miami's first loss. But I don't think I was ever as upset this year after a loss as I was after NC State because having to watch having to watch Miami's offense, uh, yeah, I'll exclude Mark Fletcher because he was so good in the game. But having to watch Miami's passing offense, <laughs> drive after drive after drive, I was just at a loss, and and that was uh, no so no that, matter. That's, that's- that's yeah. interesting you say that because I listened to your post game leaving the stadium after the Georgia Tech game, and I was considering having to go over to QAM and do a wellness check on you after that one. So, yeah, I was just like, how do you even talk about what just happened there? Yeah, and then I slept on it, and then the next morning I do, you know, my locked on Canes recap show, and I, I wasn't, I, I, this sleeping on it didn't help whatsoever. It, it kind of made it worse because I woke up the next morning like that really happened, didn't it? And I got to talk about it again. <laughs> It's and, and you know and you'd think we'd get tired of talking about it, but every time we try to move on, we I mean we're still talking about it now. It's like it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So it's been it's been a whirlwind the last. It's been, uh, it's been a it's been a wacky season. And, and I'll be honest, guys, season. it's really unfortunate that you know because um, it it, it's Florida State week, and I've I've tried you know over because you know I'm I'm on every day on Locked On Canes, and I've I've tried to at least part. You can't completely move on from it when you're talking about you know, inability to move the football, three interceptions and a fumble by your quarterback who looked like he completely lost his confidence and and pretty much everything else. Uh, It's hard to completely move on from it, but it it is a pity that that shadow is hanging over our heads when like this week should just be like a, a celebration of, you know, one of the best rivalries in college football and, you know, uh, just how Miami played last week, it kind of takes away a little bit of, you know, when we should be reliving memories of all the wide rights and the wide lefts and the Rozier to Langham and all, all the other great and, and heartbreaking things that have come with this rivalry where it's like, as a Miami guy, so much of our focus has been like, hey, this is great Florida State coming up this week who's really, really good. Uh, but can we even put together like a competent looking offense this week? It's like we're we're thinking more about us than we're thinking about, you know, us and them. It's 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 the biggest question mark, right? And it continues to it continue it gets it's continuously being brought up because unfortunately I think that um it's gonna be, you know, for a lot of people it's a deciding factor whether Miami is able to hang around and possibly, you know, uh pull off the upset against FSU or are they just going to throw in the towel and, you know, uh, and we're going to see another performance like we did last week again. And so I, I've got to ask you the question, right, Donald? Like who who are you rocking with this this weekend? Uh, just in your heart of hearts, right? Forget about all the noise. I mean, you've seen all, you've seen it all. You've been there for the games. You've seen you've, you've seen the, um, uh, you know, the play of TVD. You've seen some of Emory Williams. You know that we've got JB there as well. Um, there's, you know, there's some talk about him getting a lot of snaps with the first team and, and who knows what's going to happen there. What's, what's your thoughts on the quarterback situation with Miami, uh, going into FSU? Who do you think gets the nod eventually? 
Yeah. First, I'll say there's there's no perfect solution, right? Like, there, if any fan thinks, well, if we start this guy, we're going to win the game. Like, you know, it's going to be a massive upset if Miami wins this game, no matter who the quarterback is. So there is no perfect solution, right? And I've I've laid out all the scenarios throughout the week. Um, for me, it's like a big criteria in keeping the game close and having a chance to win the game is obviously cutting down or cutting out turnovers. Like that, That's a huge thing for me. That doesn't guarantee you victory, but to me, it, it starts there. Because when you watch the way that Van Dyke has played in his past four starts, um, turnovers have been a constant issue at just like a, a level that has me dumbfounded that we can be talking about you know, throwing, uh, averaging two and a half interceptions per game in your last four starts. Like how, how does that happen considering how good he was the first four games of the year? So with that in mind, like my scenario, and again, there's no great answer here. Um, I I've been an advocate this week of starting Emery Williams, just because like, it's hard to stick with Van Dyke after that last game in the last four games, start Emery Williams with his primary mission statement, be taking care of the football and then I think no matter who starts a quarterback, they got to find a way to use Jakari. And, you know, I know he wants to redshirt this year. He's already accomplished that. He can play in all the remaining games and he still keeps the redshirt. So that's that's no longer an obstacle here. Um, so, you know, to have to kind of have him in your back pocket to be able to use him in, you know, red zone packages and short yardage situations and, and take some pressure off the starting quarterback, whoever it is. I think that's something you need to do. So. I personally have advocated for a combination of, of Emory Williams and Jakari Brown. Um, again, the reason why that scenario is not perfect is, you know, we don't, we don't have evidence at this point that Williams as a true freshman, isn't much more than just a game manager, right? Because that that's what he made some big throws at Clemson, but you know, my, that was a team victory. The quarterback didn't have to put his Superman cape on, for most of that game, uh, he made a couple big throws, but for most of that game, Emory was just managing the offense. That can work against Clemson, Florida State. They're going to score, right? So what would concern me is, you know, you find yourself down potentially by two touchdowns early in the game. Like, can Emory Williams throw his way out of that? I don't know if he eventually, yes, but this year, I don't know. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke, in theory, has shown he can do stuff like that. We just haven't seen that version of him in about a month and a half. So that's scary. So I think what what they might end up doing here, and this this is my educated guess based on some of the rumblings that I've heard. We don't really know what's good information and what's misinformation because all these practices are closed. There, there's a handful of VIPs who get to watch them, but you know, they're you know, people are this this is information that like regular members of the media we're not watching practice. So right. we we try to put the puzzle together based on bits and pieces. Uh, I, I feel like they're going to end up starting Van Dyke and maybe using Brown situationally. Because um, here's the thing. Like, I can understand why this is such a difficult decision, despite how poorly Van Dyke has played. If you, and obviously how quarterbacks do in practice has a lot to do with these decisions. And I have no doubt TVD has been playing well in practice. He just, for whatever reason, he loses his mentality in games, Right. The coaches might be thinking, if we can get the best version of Tyler Van Dyke or even like the 70% version of Van Dyke, he's the guy who in theory gives us the best chance to win this game. The problem with that is we haven't seen even near the best version of Van Dyke in so long. I have no doubt he's playing through pain, playing through injuries. I'm not making excuses for him. That's just reality, 
Like, I know he's not 100%. I, I think at this point, yeah. everybody is playing. True. But, but, but I, I think him more well, so Jakari than Jakari Brown, is... right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Jakari, yeah, Jakari Brown might be 100%, actually. Yeah. Um, no, but Donna, I'm glad you brought that up because I think there's been a lot of, like, fan reaction. We're kind of seeing in the chat, like, why can't we do this? Like, why can't we start a freshman quarterback? You can, but, like, yeah. There's no good option here. No. It's like if you remember the movie Argo with Ben Off. Like, we're looking, by the way, we're looking, by the way, we're looking for movie. the best, the best, best bad option. By the That's way, Alabama's freshman is Jalen Milrow. Right, it's right. Not, I mean, not all okay. We knew Emory was a project you know what I mean? coming yeah. in. So, um, but no, it's the, it's the, it's like like I said, the movie Argo, best bad option. That's what we're faced yeah. with right now. Yeah. And and so like the, when everyone's like, why is he doing this? Why like there's not a good option here. No, <laughs> like you're all making comments. Like you said, you're I not going to game manage like, this. I, I don't know if he would do a lot better, but I you kind of sort of wish Jake Garcia was still here just to give you another option, right? And you have to see maybe what he could do behind a competent offensive line because he didn't have that last year. Well, I don't well, know. This is what we yeah. were talking about earlier this week, though. Even though he obviously transferred out, he's not really playing in Missouri. Um, um, but that gap in your recruiting classes is why you're in this situation. You don't have that. M- You've got a quarterback that's been here four years, and then a guy who showed up on campus this year. And that's your, you're taking that drop down. That, that's where there's a gap there. And that's why there isn't, a, like, if we had a viable, you know, sophomore that had taken a lot of snaps backup, he's probably already in there. But there, it's, it's either go to the true freshman or go with the four year veteran, and there's nothing in between. So it's not an easy decision. Everyone wants to make it an easy decision. It's not. I will tell you this I, I liked. The the demeanor I liked the the poise and the confidence that Emory Williams did show right even when he w- made that mistake. Now, what he was managing most of the game, I do agree with you on that, Dono. My my the difference in why I would do the same thing is because it, it adds a spark, right? And 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 unfortunately, you know, again, I know Vish. I've mentioned this before. Like these players are not robots. There there's momentum. There's there's things like that are at play here that are not physical when it comes to sports, okay? And, and if you get a spark, now you've gotten some more confidence yourself. Sometimes you play a little bit better. And when you have a quarterback that's going to be a little more vocal, well, a lot more vocal than Emery, um, you know, that's going to be able to get behind you and kind of cheer you up. And it might be a spark for this offense. So you might see that that might be the reason why, um, you know, if, I would, I would, I would like to see Emery start with packages for Jakari because I think you're going to have to have that change of pace. Because if not, what what are they going to do? Right, they're going to blitz all day and they're going to have Emery try try to beat that. And I don't know if he can right now. Right, I think that especially with a team with a defense like FSU's defense, it's going to come after him. You have to have that the mobility that Jakari Brown brings. So if you're running that RPO that defensive end is not crashing every single time. And I know Flo mentioned it on the show yesterday also, but it allows him to kind of sit there or freeze. Or if he does crash and you've got the legs for Jakari to get around and use his his mobility as well. So I think that a combination of those two makes more sense than a combination of of, uh, of, of TVD and Jakari, because what happens, yeah. and this is my question to you, Donna, right? What happens if, first of all, what would be your reaction if TVD does get the start? And number two, what if right off the bat, he starts making mistakes? I don't know if, if pulling him there kind of just screws the pooch completely. If you ask me, right. I think at that point yeah. it's, it's just too late. And you've kind of set that, 
that momentum already during the game that you're, you're going to – I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know how, how the team is going to react to that. Uh, the fan base, even though the fan base doesn't care, you know, I mean, Mario Cristobal doesn't care about the fan base. Thanks, but at the end of the day, you know, we we're gonna say something. We're gonna we're we're gonna comment on it. So is the media. So is everybody else. So he's gonna have to deal with that. But at the same time, is he making the right move for the team by trotting out their TVD because of that? What if he makes a you know? What if he makes a mistake right off the bat? If that scenario plays out, I I would be dreading checking my. X mentions or my Twitter mentions or whatever recall. I mean, I would still yeah. do it because I'm a masochist, but I would be <laughs> opening up that app. Like, cause, cause I, I know that I know how our fan base would react and I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really blame them for it. Um, you know, I've had a lot of discussions about how to handle this quarterback situation this week. And I, I think one of the, one of the more insightful conversations I had was with uh, Brian Smith, who, who joined me, I think, on yesterday's episode, and he was kind of he was breaking down like the the anatomy of a quarterback change, right? And one of one of his concerns, kind of playing devil's advocate, was, you know, Van Dyke is the guy who's taken, you know, probably at least 90% of the first team reps all year. You know, you think about all of all of the reps he's taken, you know, building that uh quote unquote chemistry, because we haven't seen it much lately with his with his wide receivers and everything, and that. You know, uh, if you just decide to kind of blow that up and, and start somebody different, then there's, you know, th- there's a lot of complications that come with the routine that you've built and all that kind of stuff. You know, he brought up the concern. I think this is a two sided coin. The concern of, hey, if you make the switch now when, you know, Van Dyke has been your starter all year, you know, except for the Clemson game in the last, you know, better part of the last three years that, you know, do you risk kind of losing the locker room for making that change? I brought up the point. You might lose the locker room if you don't, because I, I don't I don't know how these guys feel about it. That if he keeps trotting out there and kind of making the same mistakes, then you know, did the teammates say, "Hey, maybe we want a little fresh blood in here"? But that's one of those things I don't know because the locker room is a delicate ecosystem, sure. and it's difficult for fans, media, anybody to kind of understand the way that they feel about it. You know, anyone who's spoken about this publicly has you know has put out the support for Van Dyke. You know, Ruben Bain actually had some really some really encouraging words uh, towards Van Dyke earlier this week. So, you know, as, as, as far as far as we know, you know, for as much as he struggled, he I, I don't think he's lost the team, or at least I haven't seen the evidence of it. Yeah, uh, and 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 I think I think the fans just want to see something different. But that's not the that's not that's not the way the team the team yeah. works. Right, right. Right. They're not. Right. And like you said, if he's if he's playing better in practice. And what messages send to your team if you play the guy who's not playing as well in practice? You're like, oh, we're gonna start the freshman because screw it. That's why it's yeah. it's not it's not again it's not an easy answer because as Jess said, if he comes out there likely they start bad like good week of practice he's ready to go yeah he throws like a pick on the first drive I mean all hell's gonna he, they, they can all they can all say like the sideline they don't they don't pay attention to the noise they block it out it's gotta leak in a little bit and yeah and if if it comes out that way at the beginning then. I mean, it's but then on the other hand, if you go in there with Emory Williams and he struggles, and you're like, we didn't even play our best quarterback. Like, <laughs> like yeah, right. You know, I, 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 I think some, some of the players, some of the players might yeah. feel that way. I, right. I, I would hope, I would hope that in the case of fans, because you know, I I, I hear from and talk to a lot of fans throughout the week. I, I think I, the majority are are calling for a quarterback change this week, and they would rather see Emory. I hope you guys don't like. You know, you don't flip on the situation where if Emery does, str- you would hope if he starts, he plays well. Yeah. But if he does struggle, 
I hope you guys don't say you can't. You it's can't. Mondo. He's yeah. an idiot. Yeah. I told that. you Van Dyke oh. should have played. Like you, you got to stay consistent. Oh, yeah. of course they will. And, you can't and that's why... do that, but they will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 that's why actually when Jazz asked this question on Monday, I'm not sure who they should start. Like Mario's got to read the room. He's yeah. got to make whatever evaluation this is criteria the he makes. He's had to right. make so far. But then I I, my big thing is whoever you pick. Yeah. You got you got to stick with them. You got to let them if they if they're struggling, let them play through it. You got to back your quarterback. You cannot play musical chairs back there. Uh oh, this guy screwed up. Put the other guy in. Oh no, put the other guy back. You cannot do that. It's not a video game. They actually have brains and they feel things. <laughs> and you just you got they got the, whoever's in there's got to have confidence. This is my game. Yeah, I have to have the confidence to be able to make mistakes. Otherwise, you're going to get garbage from either of them if they're not confident that. They can let it loose and, and not get punished for it. If they throw a pick, they're not going to be on the bench, right? So I, whoever he picks, I, I hope he gives confidence. I will say the Jakari Brown thing. I when 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 we called timeout on that fourth and one on the goal, I was like, man, I wish he had taken a snap this year. Yeah, because yeah. it's an automatic first down right now in the biggest play of the game. But by the way, <laughs> a, a few a few people were were calling me out, and rightfully so. Like as I was talking about Jakari uh, on on Locked On Canes today, and I I kind of I, I referred to him, and this was anecdotal because I wasn't like looking at his career stats, and I kind of referred to him as like an under fifty percent passer, just because that that's that's kind of his reputation, and it's what we've seen from him in in scrimmages, like you know the the spring game and. And the Canes Fest scrimmage, uh, you know, there was it was a little bit rough with him throwing the football. Uh, but people were calling me out for like kind of calling him a sub 50% guy because technically, and to be fair to him, this is 100 percent true. Um, his actual in-game experience, he is a 60% passer. Like his numbers, and you know, he was 73% plus, it played very well against Georgia Tech last year. Uh, you know, didn't play like as well against uh Clemson and Florida State, but he is a career 60% passer. So I don't want to be like handing out fake stats and narratives. I was just speaking kind of anecdotally, not factually. And I was wrong. He is a 60% career passer. And if you could project that out over like an entire career or like a bigger body of games, if he could play at that pace, he would be a dynamic quarterback in college football. And, and maybe he'll be given the opportunity to do that because we know how dangerous he is with his legs and his size and his power, and he's got a very strong arm, if he can show he's a consistently accurate quarterback, Jakari Brown would be a monster in college football if he can show that. And I don't think he needs to do – let's say he does play in this game. I don't think he needs to do too much to, uh, you know, to win a game like this. I just think, again, the the most important thing is not to throw the ball to the other team, right? you got to take care of the football. If he can take care of the football, make some throws here and there, but use your legs. I think that if – if we can do that with a guy like Jakari, I think we've got a great shot. So, by the way, before we keep going, I love the hat, man. I don't know what Ben is talking yeah. about. Yeah, the hat was good. What are we talking about here, man? Console of a Honda Civic? I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I got a truck. My console is a lot bigger than that. So, yeah. I mean, what kind of <laughs> yeah. tiny car? Yeah. Uh, yeah Beat FSU always. Was yes. good, good positive vibes. Absolutely, man. Um, I got a question for you now, kind of shifting gears to you know away from the quarterback but to some of the skill players uh for both teams um i've been on the record and i apparently am a twitter legend now on the record indeed man on the record indeed amongst uh amongst my my fsu twitter found him and they've come for oh really yeah i'm so sorry they found me they snipped they snipped uh 
They snipped hey, a piece and uh, they ran with it. And listen, I'm all for it, though, right? So thank you. We yeah. appreciate you guys listening. Uh, yeah, we got so, the views you know, on the show. So. Um, and I'll the record yeah. saying that uh, Keon Coleman is no good and Johnny Wilson is <laughs> fragile Freddy. That was my reaction. Um, I and... do agree that Johnny Wilson is fragile Freddy. He is, um, no, he is, he is. But know, they, they, he, Keon Coleman is is a freaking stud. Though. He's he's really good, right? But I, I was on I was on record of saying that you know he's no good. I mean, he's good because he gets open uh, really easily, and then that that's all, right? They, well, they, so he's good because he gets open, he catches passes, he scores a lot of touchdowns. Other than yeah. that, he's not very good. Right, right. So you know that was the whole premise of it. I was like, okay, well, he gets, and then you know, I kept going, I kept going. I said, okay, hold on a second doesn't get open just because he doesn't he's not really good just because he he gets open easily the reason i say that and i went into my you know it's a it was all context right of course you know jordan travis being able to get out of the pocket create some more time allows them to create that separation to get free to get open easily to catch a lot of great balls if you notice a lot of the balls that they catch are contested and so on and so forth that went on however the point that i was trying to make was that i think that miami matches up really well in certain positions um, against FSU, particularly in the trenches, I think Miami's oh, yeah. trench. I think Miami's trenches are better than FSU's. Uh, I think right now, yeah, from a skill position, I think the wide receivers may hold a, a little bit of an advantage. But I, I wouldn't put it past our receivers. You know, I mean, when you had a really good TVD, they were all, all three of them were leading the league in catches and 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 yards. And you know, X was having the the, the, the year of his life and. You know, and, and Jacoby George was catching everything, and they're still they're still really good, but they're having issues at quarterback, which is allowed, you know, which is kind of skewed their numbers a little bit, and their numbers haven't haven't been as big as they were the first four or five games. So, uh, everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What does Miami need to do from not only a skill position perspective, but, you know, aside from quarterback play, where do you see Miami kind of have the advantage or the opportunity to um, – you know, to kind of win this football game by playing the best at a certain position. Is there something that Miami can do from that point that could get them to W as well? Well, you're 100% right. that they, they can hold their own in the trenches. That That's the big area where Miami's closed the gap, right? Because in, in recent years, um, you know, they would get completely outmatched by the Clemsons and the Texas A&Ms of the world at the line of scrimmage. And they they, they flipped the script on that, right? And, and I, I think Miami might even have a slight advantage at the line of scrimmage against Florida State, where, where again, like you talked about it, where I could see this game being being lost for Miami is at the skill positions with FSU's probably superior quarterback play, given you know what we've seen from Miami's quarterback play, whereas Jordan, Jordan Travis is having an awesome season, and he's taking care of the football. I think he's only thrown two interceptions this year. And and Florida State's uh, Florida State's wide receiver play, you know, whether they're given extra time to get open or not, they've been really, really good. I mean, they didn't have Wilson or Coleman last week, and they still put up 360 plus yards through the air. So it's like even even some of their Plan B and Plan C guys can really 
hurt you if their studs aren't on the field. So that to me, that to me is the big difference. Um, so for, for Miami, um, you, you've got to, I'm not going to say you have to be perfect, but you, you have to be close to it to win a game like this. Cause you're also in hostile territory in Tallahassee. Um, big thing. I think Miami can move the football in this game, you know, turnovers aside. I think they can move the football, Florida state, you know, they, they give up some yardage in between the twenties and they're 57th in the country against the run. So in theory, Miami could be able to move the football on the ground. Why I say in theory is if, if you can't throw the ball, it's going to be hard to, to move the football anywhere. But Miami, Miami, I think can get pushed at the line of scrimmage. Mark Fletcher having AJ Allen back this week because it looks like he's going to be back is going to give you a nice change of pace. Maybe Henry Parrish will be healthier than he's been in the last couple of weeks. So, so that's an area. But you've got to finish in the red zone, right? The Hurricanes were one for three in the red zone last week. They came out with three of a possible twenty-one points in the red zone. So, you have to be better at that. And you know, this one's evergreen, guys. You could say this every week, but it's especially important this week you have to be able to pressure Jordan Travis to the point where he's making off schedule throws and he's, you know, able to sack him. It's not, it's not easy. Like Florida state's offensive line has not been special this year, but he's only been sacked 12 times because he's so good at escaping and and making something out of nothing. So your gap integrity has to be on point, but you still have to pressure him. Like you have to pressure Jordan Travis make him uncomfortable, hope, hoping for some wild throws and, you know, some three and outs where you can get them. And, and then, you know, again, I, I don't I don't see a path to victory if Miami isn't in the plus in the turnover margin. If it's even, you lose. If you lose the turnover margin, you get crushed. Plus two maybe, in the, maybe plus one if you play really well in the red zone. But I'm looking at maybe being plus two in the turnover margin, which again, you may have to get a little lucky, maybe with some fumbles and some sloppiness. Maybe Florida State kind of plays the way Miami's played and they have well, some they have been known to slow as well. So you might yeah. have to take advantage of that, right? Yeah, exactly. It and and that's a great one, especially if you're still struggling at quarterback, right? If if you can actually if you can start the game with a seven-nothing lead rather than you know being down 14-0 and you can manage the game because that's another area guys. And I know this is a big thing for Cristobal because he's always trying to do this complimentary football. You know, if if you can, if you can hopefully play with a lead and you can establish your ground game and you give Jordan Travis fewer possessions, that's another important one as well. Um, You know, I I know I make it sound like Miami's got to be perfect to win this game. You just, you, you have to be, you have to be relatively error free, which is something they haven't been, you can win this game. Like there is a path to victory here to covering the two touchdown spread and winning the game outright. But you know, it, it all to me starts with taking care of the football because you know, if you, if you turn it over two, three, four times, you're toast. Yep. I think it's going to have to be a low low scoring. Can you, can you also just, uh, you know, a couple of things you didn't, didn't mention offensively that kind of went, went wrong against NC state. Uh, Brashard Smith basically was absent from the game plan for some reason. And then, and then the, you know, everyone's been begging all year to throw to the tight ends. And apparently uh, you have to wedge the ball in their face mask for them to catch it based off of that last game. So, I mean, is there even like, because some of those times were open, the ball was getting there and it just wasn't getting caught. And then I, I guess, uh, you know, Dawson tried to explain why Brichard wasn't a big part of the game plan, but I was really buying his explanation. Yeah. Um. What are, you, what are your thoughts there? 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I I've ta- I, I forgot to bring that up there because there's so many other things, but I have talked about that as well this week because Brashard Smith's only touch last week was on a kickoff return. Like that to me is inexcusable, right? And you, the you, only target I think was that pass in the end zone where we kind of overthrew yeah. him on, on the, that was it. <laughs> that, even that's try right. To get him the ball. Yeah, you got to get him involved. As as far as like as far as the tight ends go, I I don't know. Um, you know, I think. Riley Williams is going to be a stud like to me it's and he's getting a lot of snaps and he's blocking well it's just I I just don't know like he's not he's not ready to be Will Mallory right now like he's just he's not ready you know and I'm thinking about just how much Miami misses Will because you know a lot of people are looking at hey like with the tight ends not getting more catches trying to blame that completely on Van Dyke well Van Dyke is not averse to throwing to tight ends. Will Mallory was Miami's leading receiver last year. I mean, there so were three like, drops not... last week. There were three tight end drops. Yeah, a couple exactly. of, couple of so, downfield ones, too, that could have been big plays. So I, I think that one has a lot more to do with probably just with personnel right now. And it could have something to do with Dawson, because Dawson doesn't exactly have history of uh, of involving tight ends a lot in the passing game. So uh, that that would be a welcome sight, and you know, Elijah Royo has been out there a little bit. I know he's not completely healthy, uh, but you know maybe if he's healthier this week than he's been the last couple of weeks, there there could be some hope there that he could produce something in the passing game. But Rashard Smith to me is a big one, right? And I know I know everyone would like to see Tyler Harrell, but I think we kind of know who he is at that point. Uh, you know, it's just uh, you know maybe not what we were not what we were hoping for when he came in the transfer portal, but you. You know, you've got to hope that uh, that Young and George are on their games. And, and George has had some awesome moments this year because, again, like Florida State is going to know you've got to keep an eye on number seven. Like that, that that's the worst kept secret. They're, they're going to do whatever they can to uh, to keep, you know, Restrepo from getting open. So if you can't find options elsewhere, he's not going to be able to beat them single handedly because Florida State knows you've got a key on that guy. Right. Yep. So how else do you think the Canes can generate you know, big plays or chunk plays because, you know, there were five, I mean, as bad as the offense was, there were five legitimate drives against NC State. Yeah. Led to six points because interception, the end zone, missed field goal, and then turnover on downs. If you can turn some of those into touchdowns, all of a sudden we're not talking about six points. You're talking about, you know, scoring in the 20s and coming out with a win. But how, how do they do that? How do they finish these drives? How do they get those bigger plays out of the passing game? Well, um, a little bit, less predictability because you know like i i think about the the fourth and one at three yard line that they didn't convert you know if instead of handing it off to fletcher had van dyke pulled it back he had a wide open colby young in the end zone like wide wide the bleep open at that point and but you know nc state knew they're giving it to fletcher on fourth and one they did everything they could and, and needed to do to stop him so um, I, I just I, I think that there, there's a lot there's a lot of um, there's a lot of opportunity. I'll, I'll say that for Shannon Dawson this week to uh, to throw some different looks at Florida State, things that they haven't seen. Part of that could come naturally. Like if you do change up your quarterback situation, if you do get JB involved, I think that's another way because I think he can generate chunk yardage with his legs. Um, you know, I, I think Fletcher can as well. I know people talk about, oh, he's not that fast, this, that and the other. Um, you know, if, if, if he can find a couple of holes, he's got he's got speed to go along with his power and having A.J. Allen back this week. I think he's probably, you know, because they're, they're not really using Chris Johnson because he's so young. But, you know, A.J. Allen would be the guy who I think gives you the best opportunity to break off a big run. Something like that could be there for you, because, again, like Florida State, their pass defense is top 25 
Their rushing defense is not top 50. So I, I think that that's kind of a hope that Miami can maybe set the tone on the ground. We'll see, man. We'll see. It's going to be exciting to watch. I think we're all ready for it. We're all ready for it to see who comes tr- trotting out and starts throwing the football. That's I Yeah. Think. And I, I also – I wonder how that's, how that's going to be revealed because there are like – there, there are sometimes I think about the last couple of seasons when like, you know, Van Dyke hasn't been healthy and, they, and they've changed the starter. And, you know, one of those college football reporters will break like Pete Thamel, I think, is usually the guy that breaks right. it. So like is, is Thamel going to get a scoop at 11 a.m. or are we really not going to know until I think, I think they're all going to come out wearing the number nine. And then, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I just, I wonder, because is it, it's like Cristobal wants it to be a game-time decision. I don't, like, you know, and, and there are tactical reasons for that, right? That how he wants it to come down to a game-time decision. I, I just wonder if, like, Pete Thamel is going to get the catch wind of it at 11 a.m. Or if, or if we're really not going to know until the first right. series. I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out. I have a feeling we, we might know. I have a feeling we might know. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, before we let you go, Dono, I want you know just kind of some some fun here. Your your favorite, your favorite, or one of your 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 favorite or most memorable FSU Miami uh, memories that you can think of. Yeah, well, uh, the first one that comes to mind because uh, you know I I, I was I, I had the privilege of being there, even though it was hot as hell in the Orange Bowl, was uh, was Dorsey to Shockey. Uh, in 2000 like that was I mean I because that th- that was when like Miami was right on the cusp of being back right that was the year before the greatest college football team of all time won a national championship and I just remember that win over Florida State in the Orange Bowl that was like when I realized hey, this might be the best team in the country right like he's you know you're you're kind of wondering how good are they they had lost uh, to Washington earlier that year which kind of you know put 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 out a little bit of the fire in our in our title hopes that season obviously they didn't end up getting to the championship game but that win over Florida State like really made me believe um you know another another great memory for me was uh two years later Willis McGahee screen pass uh wide left that that comeback uh in the OB that for some reason I wasn't at that one I can't remember why because I I would go to most of the home Miami, Florida State. I, I remember watching that one from home. I don't know why I wasn't there. I wish I had been there for that one. And uh, and yeah, and then uh, you know I, I got to shout out my guy Malik Rozier because he's going to be coming on Locked On Canes tomorrow. Uh, oh yeah, his, that throw and catch Daryl Langham. I I was I was jumping up and down. I, I was in hyperdrive when he made that play. That was fun to watch. That was fun to watch. I gotta I gotta. I gotta admit that was that was one of my favorites just because we had been struggling so much against. Yeah, we hadn't beat them in so long. And yeah, that, like that we, broke the seven year itch. Yeah, yeah, and and like that drive was right after Florida State taking lead after we're leading the whole yeah. game, and they throw that. Touchdown. We're gonna lose them again. I know. And then well. Malik, Malik, thanks let, Malik. Let him down the thanks Malik. <laughs> let him down the field. We appreciate it. Um, I think we're gonna wrap it up. By the way, this is gonna be on the podcast as well. Uh, either tonight or tomorrow morning. So It'll make, be tonight. Sure, uh, make sure you guys catch that. Subscribe uh, to the podcast, uh, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Um, follow us on at Six Rings Kings on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. And, of course, Dono, every every day on Lock, Locked on Kings. What time do you come on, Dono? 
Yeah, we usually shoot for 11.30 a.m. Okay. Uh, premieres, and we're, we're going to hit that tomorrow, I think. Well, actually, no, we're not, because uh, on Fridays, I we, we put them out later on Fridays because I, I co-host uh, Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, which is 11 a.m. to noon. So we will have that. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about Miami, Florida State, but we're going to be talking about all the big games on the live show, 11 a.m. to noon. And so I, I'm thinking probably 12.30 Locked on Canes with Malik Rozier, but we, we usually go 11.30, but Fridays we do 12.30 or 1, so I'm thinking probably 12.30 tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah, make sure you guys lock into that. Uh, see what I said? Did they lock into that? Um, anyways. Bro, he's a I'm tired, man. It's been a long week already. It uh, has. It really has. It's been crazy. Donna, uh, we always appreciate you coming yeah. on, man. Uh, this time you're not going to log us off the show, which is great news as well. Yeah. So I still to... feel bad about that. That was a long time ago, and I still feel terrible about that. No, man. That was a charity stream too, man. You, you cut the charity Oh, it was? That's yeah. right. Well, I mean, let's... Oh, that's right. Well, whatever. I don't I mean, need to help I, people. I, I, I spun up another stream we got back on, so it was just a minor blip. Yeah. Minor blip. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back on Saturday for pregame and postgame, so make sure you guys follow us. And check us out then. We'll, we'll post some stuff on Twitter. Uh, I hope you all have a good night, and we'll see you guys this weekend. Go Canes. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. You know. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.